The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. And Warren is a certified financial planner. He is a director at Galileo Capital. He's a financial advisor. And he joins us regularly on a Tuesday evening. Warren, I'm noticing something, and they are almost as bad as those old 419 scams from more than 20 years ago when princes from Nigeria generally and, I don't know, all sorts of other mysterious places would send emails to say you've inherited a million rand. Come and give me your bank account details and give me your passwords and you can have the money. And I'm noticing the number of investment scams that I'm getting, mostly the work of amateurs still, um, are rising once again. And maybe they're just getting through the firewall. I don't know. But certainly scams are nothing new, but they are certainly prolific determined and consistent in efforts to get you to fall their such as traps. Absolutely, Bruce. And and the the they are they are generally, as you say, quite amateur in, in nature, but so, some of Maybe them are, are pretty sophisticated. Because I am assured that Warren is there and I'm just not hearing him. Uh, He's here. There he is. Of course you are. I knew that. I didn't think for a moment that you'd abandoned me. <laughs> so uh, looking so at these scams, I feel um, they're kind of kind of divided into two groups. The real amateur hour, easy to decipher, easy to to kind of you know see what's happening, but but then you get the more insidious, more. Uh, sophisticated scammers that that are are really good, uh, you know, at at uh, setting the scene for people who may be in a rush, maybe not quite sort of on, on top of their game in terms of understanding the, the you know, how banking systems work, how investment uh, companies work, uh, and and those scammers are 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 catching people all the time. And I, I saw one today on social media of. Uh, a, a deep fake of of Johan Rupert supposedly being interviewed on a on a news channel and and you know, talking about his new trading uh, system that he's launched and it's you know highly sophisticated etc cetera, etc cetera. absolute garbage but but uh, I mean it, you know, if you didn't know that Johan Rupert didn't have a slightly British accent I think you would have been you would have been caught by it and. Uh, <laughs> And 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 so these the scams are getting, uh, um, you know, some of them are certainly a bit more sophisticated. And I think as people get more and more desperate, uh, you know, financially, they 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 tend to do a little bit less homework and and a bit more easy to be to be sold to. And and I thought you would say as people get more desperate, they create more scams. But I, I don't think the scams are the work of desperate people. They're the work of devious, bastardly people trying to capitalize on the desperation of vulnerable people. Um, yes, and the, the, the Johan is one. Um, I am named in a scam somehow that's uh, connected to standard suing Sarambosa or something. And some very smart people um, are coming to me and saying, is this true? Did you do this interview? And I said, do you really think that if I'd done an interview in which something as exciting and as catastrophically, you know, spectacular as this story seems to suggest, that you wouldn't have heard it amplified elsewhere, that you're relying on some sort of Facebook ad or some nonsense. Please grow up. Um, but really, people are, it can be quite doff sometimes. Absolutely. And, and I, I am... 
so so I thought you know we should talk about this. We should just you know other than saying to people which which is I guess it's obvious but difficult to do. You know, um, exert some common sense and use common sense when when you're you know faced with something. Uh, you know, there are some some key principles that you can follow, and and it, you know I, I guess nothing's foolproof. But but n- number one, please start with being a little skeptical. You know, I think when when you get a a, a message. Whether it's by email or by WhatsApp, uh, asking for information, you know, uh, and and it could be you know someone purporting to be your bank, and and you know the the, the email could look entirely authentic, you, you know the the, the the these are so sophisticated, Bruce, that uh, you know if they change the the character in a letter, and and instead of using English, use you know, uh, Russian, for example, for the A, and and you wouldn't be able to tell with your naked eye. It might look yeah. that uh, look like the email address is exactly right, and and it might come through a spam filter or something. So 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 you can't just rely on on an email address and think, well, you know, this is definitely coming from my bank. You, you will need to look at uh, what they're asking you, and and you know, I think the banks tell us ad nauseum every time you open an app. You know, it says there. You know, uh, you, you know, we're not uh, going to ask you for information online, etc. And yet, though, that's exactly what happens. People get emails, uh, supposedly from their bank, and and asking for, you know, confirmation of their their ID or their passwords, etc. Because you know, something, some system has changed, and their profile will be blocked or whatever it is. And and I think just number one. You should not uh, give any information to someone that phones you out of the blue. You know, if it is your bank uh, asking you for information, especially around passwords and ID numbers and those things, uh, put down the phone and uh, you know, you know, go to the the phone number that you know uh, that that belongs to your bank, and then call them and ask them what's happening. Most of the time, they'll tell you that it's absolute nonsense, and and you know, you, you can move on. So, so I think for for one around banking uh, and and investment information, don't give out your 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 details to people uh, simply because they ask you. you. You need to you need to verify. Um, and and secondly, and I know it's a little bit of a pain, but uh, but using uh, what they call two factor authentication uh, is really important. So you know, just very simply, if you want to do a transaction on your on your banking website, and you you know you log in. And and then you get irritated because it asks you to go and open your banking app as well, just to confirm that that's the the case, that that's what's happening. Uh, just to understand that that second step uh, is is almost a kind of guarantee that that you don't get scammed and that you don't make a, 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 or payments don't get made, uh, you know, on your behalf that you know nothing about. So so uh, you know if you if you haven't enabled this two factor authentication on your on your banking uh, because it's a pain, uh, I, I suspect that trying to get money back that you've paid by in error to somebody or that it's just been taken out of your account is far more painful. Uh, and and so I think that that's important. And, you know, if you're getting statements from your investment company and they don't have a password on that statement, you know, which often is just your ID number, but if they're just sending you plain statements with all of your financial information on, uh, I, I suggest you consider firing that investment company because that means they're not protecting your data. So, so I think be very careful with information that comes online and who you send it to. Uh, and, and I think just good practice is pick up the phone. You know, if someone phones you and says, we need to Absolutely. do a payment or, or you know, just ask, ask the question. Um, I, I was, you know, my, my wife got a phone call the, a, a while back now, and I, I spoke about it on the radio. Uh, but it was a, a really intense individual 
assuring her that her phone had been hacked and she needed to do a SIM swap and it was really urgent and she didn't do it. Her bank account was going to be accessed. And her first response was to put down the phone and go, oh, forget it. And then she started getting really worried. Uh, and then the phone rang again. It was the same person who had clearly picked up something in her voice, an insecurity, whatever the case was, um, and kept badgering her, badgering her, badgering her. And she got was getting, and I was going to put the phone down. It's not real. Just put the phone down. And she wouldn't. So I removed it from her, which made me very popular. Um, and I then <laughs> shared some language, which if I did here, what I did there would have us. I certainly would be in a huge amount of trouble with the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. And surprisingly, the man did not phone back. And I, I then called Jackie O'Sullivan at, at, at MTN and said, is this normal? And she goes, yes, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do to stop it. But these scammers, they get access to some data and then all they need for you is to act on the confirmation and once you do the confirmation and you respond to an sms they're in your system and they are then duplicating your sim card and all hell breaks loose so there are so many clever schemes and scams very convincing individuals on the other side of the phone or on the other side of an email and these guys are slick they're professional and they're terrifying uh, absolutely, and and you know, and we're not even talking about uh, you know people running just simple straight investment scams. You know, that, whether they be Ponzi schemes or the like, uh, and and I feel um, that the 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 market environment that we're in at the moment, where where uh, we, we've come through quite a few years now of, of really rocky markets. You know, markets shooting up and falling over again, and people really worried about their investments. The, the, the one thing that that a lot of people are looking for are, are, are very stable, very low risk investments. And and it's amazing how all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing what, what look like, you know, professional fact sheets of, of, uh, of funds or, or products or hedge funds or whatever it is, uh, you know, of, of, of investments that are delivering very consistent, very stable growth, and I'm not, I'm not talking about a bank account, but but a, but a fund, uh, and and delivering you know 11 percent a year, whether it's in dollars or in rands, year after year after year, and and you know nothing can do that, nothing can deliver double digit growth as an investment uh, uh, year after year after year when when it's supposedly trying to beat inflation. I, I think understanding that you know investment growth always is 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 volatile it's always rocky and it and it comes in lumps it doesn't just go very smoothly the only thing that operates very smoothly is a bank account or a money market account or a unit trust that that invests in cash yeah. and and you know that that by no means is a scam but but what we know is it's not delivering 10 or 11 12 percent a year especially not in 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 dollars so i think that those uh, those investment scams at the moment you know also playing on people's Need for stability and certainty and comfort and 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 they don't like the volatility and, and and my answer there is if you're seeing an investment like that that's you know someone's trying to sell you, uh, ask thousands of questions you know and 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 check it out because I I feel the likelihood is that either that investor who's running that fund is incredibly lucky or they're running a scam. And then also just the personal hygiene factor as well in terms of your administration. And if you have been collecting documents for many years, and some of us collect documents and forget about them, and you go, I wonder why my cupboards are so full of files. And then you go back to them, you find, oh, look, bank statements from 1999. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Then the, so much paper. 
that you either try and burn it, but if you're in an urban area, people frown at burning paper, it's very smoky, um, or you then go, I could shred it, and you put a th- you know 20 pages through a shredder, and you go, well, that's boring, because domestic shredders aren't made for this sort of scale of shredding. You need to go to sort of the Enron's <laughs> scale shredders in order to get the stuff. And, and a lot of people just throw documents away, because they go, well, it's old, it doesn't matter. But these things are treasure troves for the scamsters, aren't they? Absolutely, and I mean, I I, I had the the um, I can't say pleasure, but I, but I had the experience of of relocating a house recently, and and you know exactly that, you know, a whole lot of paper that that I was tempted just to you know put into the recycling bin because I want to do my part and I want to be a good citizen of the world, and uh, and and at the very last second, uh, I just thought, you know, we've got this tiny little shredder at home, and it's going to take five pages at a time. So, uh, I, I know we're in an urban area, but but I did have a rather big bonfire to to burn all that stuff. And and the reason for doing that is, uh, you know, let, it's not the paper recyclers that are that are dodged, but you know, someone might be working in an operation like that that uh, you know builds up a profile of you and and starts building up a database of of little bits of information. Um, and as you said earlier, you know, as someone gets a little bit of your data and and gets a little bit more, uh, very soon they can build a fairly big, strong profile of who you are. And then, you know, if they do drop uh, drop you an email or a call or a WhatsApp uh, w- with an enormous amount of data about you, you might well be tempted to to kind of go along with whatever it is they're asking you for because you believe no one can know that much about you. So, so be very careful of of, of leaving things lying around that, that contain your ID numbers and bank account uh, d- details. Uh, you know, and 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 one big one I think that's that's kind of happening a lot is you know you might get an invoice. Someone says you need to pay for this, and and then you know I, I mean instinctively <laughs> you know ask for an invoice, and and the problem is that invoice might be three digits different in the bank account number, and you you've sent the money off to someone else. So you know r- rather try and do online payments direct, you know r- rather than an invoice if you can get them to take the money out of your account. A, a lot of institutions do that for investments now, but but I think we need to be a little bit more caref- careful now and not, you know not so fixated on convenience if we don't want to be scammed. We just heard in Eyewitness News half past seven the uh, uh, the election date has been promulgated as the 29th of May, um, and a question from Mandla this evening. I'm worried about the elections causing uncertainty in the markets and affecting my investments. Should I make changes to my portfolio because of the elections this year and reassess next? That's a question from. I'm going to give you a moment to chew over that. The breaking news this evening, of course, is the promulgation of the election date, 29th of May. Mandla is already concerned about that. More with Warren in a moment. The Money Show. Personal finance with Warren Ingram. We've got two minutes for this answer, Warren. The election date, 29th of May. Mandla is worried and wants to change everything. Should he? Uh, short answer, no. Uh, the slightly longer answer is the the, the reason is that, that that we markets tend to fear uncertainty much more than than certainty. So th- they will be really rocky and volatile leading up to the election, and once the results are known, uh, it, it very often happens that the markets actually recover a bit just on the basis of of getting a bit of certainty as to who's in power, what's going to happen. And even if the result isn't exactly what the what, what the markets wanted, they, 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 it does value the certainty. And, and, and the other thing, Bruce, is you, you need to, if you're going to invest according to an election outcome, you need to be able to predict 
who's who's going to win, how it's going to work out. You need to be able to predict how other investors are going to see that and then how they've positioned their investments so that you can profit uh, or avoid losses. And that's far too many predictions about one event, which in this instance, in South Africa, this time around, I think is a hugely unpredictable event. So so I, I think don't uh, d- don't change things. Just make sure you're not uh, too overexposed to too many risky assets if it's not um, w- within your normal kind of financial plan. Uh, I got a note from one of the big international banks today just talking about the currency and volatility in the currency and basically saying, look, the election result is going to have very little short-term impact on the currency. What really matters is what's happening to the US dollar. And let's not forget that. We kind of think that because we live in the bubble, in the microcosm of everyday South Africa, and we know when the rubbish isn't connected, when the pothole gets bigger, when you know all of the stuff happens that makes us think that things are falling apart, that in fact, actually, the rest of the world doesn't care. They've got their own problems. Um, their worst roads in many parts of the world, for example. Um, and actually, it's it's all about global macros. In other words, what's happening to global interest rates, what's happening to global inflation, that ultimately is more important in the short term than the, the minutiae of a country's politics, unless there's a catastrophic outcome, of course. But if, if you feel there's a catastrophic outcome, uh, then you, you know, th- that's a different issue altogether, I suppose. And and by, by definition, those catastrophic outcomes usually come, uh, you know, arrive as an enormous surprise. Uh, and and so yeah. I, I just think you know you can't you can't forecast that. And and last point is if you if you are feeling bleak about you know political leadership in South Africa, just look across the ocean and think, you know, things could be a lot worse. You could be facing the prospect of you know Donald Trump round two, and and, and that, that must be so depressing for for thinking Americans. Yeah. For both of them. Warning, I didn't say that. That was just a, it was a thing. It was a, a, an obstacle. A, 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 yes, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Warren Ingram, Galileo Capital. He's a financial advisor, certified financial uh, uh, planner, and a registered financial advisor. He is a director at Galileo Capital. Uh, wrapping up this evening's edition of The Money Show.